Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Carl Greer with us, and uh, we'll take calls with Carl next hour. And I'd like for you to share your stories of happiness with us, too, and how you made this uh, change in your life, too. Carl, you headed up a oil and gas company as a president uh, for many years. What did you do? Did you just walk away from it? Did you sell it? What happened? Uh I was running it uh, as I was making the changes in my life, George, and uh, eventually uh, my partners and I decided uh, to sell a lot of it, and I still have some things left that I'm still managing even today. And by doing so, you then went into what, clinical psychology? Well, I was still, uh, yeah, I was uh, in, in clinical psychology as a psychologist, and uh, and then shortly after that, I became a Jungian analyst and saw people as an analyst. Oh, now, what made you become a Jungian analyst? This is not something you wake up in the morning and say, I want to be a Carl Jungian guy. No, right, right. Uh, well, I always kind of simple read. I always liked stories, and I always associated uh, Jungian psychology with fairy tales and stories. Not necessarily the most uh, profound way of getting into it, but that's what attracted me. And... Uh, and, and Jung talked about how myths and uh, stories can influence our lives, and uh, that attracted me. And I investigated a lot of other psychologies, and Jungian was the one that I decided to pursue. Carl, share with us a story on how this metamorphosis for you occurred and, you know, the, the change you went through to get to it. One thing that happened as part of my, you know, training to... Uh, uh, become a Jungian, I, I was in analysis, and I had a dream. And the dream was uh, I was uh, going to a judo competition, and uh, the competitors were decapitated, and the bodies were very frozen. Oh, jeez. So it was my job to put together the uh, heads and, uh, and, the, uh, and the bodies after the competition. And I realized I had trouble uh, doing that in the process of putting these heads and bodies together. Uh, it was uh, very painful for me. And I realized uh, in working with that dream how frozen that I had been, George, uh, in, my, in my body and that I was wearing a, not a head, not necessarily my own. When I was competing in the world of sports and in business, and it really uh, uh, made me look at the life I'd been living and how frozen that I had been. Uh, that was a big change for me. So when I did that, it just uh, uh, showed me the power of a dream to give me information and energy, but also some uh, insights into what I might be doing uh, to become less uh, frozen and more thought out. Well, these dreams are powerful. They sh- they surely are. Were you able to analyze why you weren't really happy in the, in the beginning of making money and being in business? No, no. It just, I just knew that it wasn't enough. It just wasn't what you wanted to do. Yeah, I, I was just looking for something else. and uh, But I didn't want to give up. I never really, uh, as I made changes in my life, I never really just uh, turned my back completely on the things I was doing. So I continued to be in business. I continued to teach. I continued to see clients as I continued to do philanthropy things. What are some of the things that you'd recommend to people to kind of change their life to be a little happier? I would say uh, uh, slow down, take some time to uh, reflect on your life, 
And if you're not uh, happy with it, uh, uh, what would you like to do differently? And then when you realize that uh, there are things that you'd like to do differently and you're not doing them, uh, think about the possibility that there's some part of you that doesn't want to change. And then a lot of my work has been uh, trying to get in touch with that work, that, that person that doesn't want to change inside of you through shamanic work, through uh, working with your dreams, through spending a lot of time in nature, I would say. Spending time in nature is a very uh, healing thing for a person who wants to make changes. Slow down and smell the roses, right? Honestly. You talk about a story of a, going to a diner in the Midwest uh, a few years ago. And yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I, uh, my dad was from uh, Paris, Kentucky, grew up there, and uh, I spent some time in the South and uh, in, in small towns. I hitchhiked around the country uh, a couple of summers. and uh, Just to get around? Yeah, just to just to get around see, and see the and see the see the world, right? To, to see to see the world, and uh, I, I go to different places in this particular story in my in my book. You know, there are a lot of the folks in a diner in a, a small uh, town where a lot of the industry had moved away and uh, farming wasn't like it used to be, and people kept talking about the good old days and looking back to the way that uh, that it was. Uh, and I wasn't so sure when I was listening to it that the good old days were really as good as they thought. But it kept them from moving forward in their lives, in my opinion. And they weren't then looking forward as to what they might do that would be uh, fulfilling to them, to replace whatever it was that they had, they had lost. A lot of people talk about nostalgia, you know, the good old days. Yep. Is that a healthy thing to do? Yeah, I think nostalgia can be good. I think that's healthy. But if it keeps you from being in the present and planning for your future, then I think it can be uh, not so not so good for you. What would you love people to learn when they read the necktie and the jaguar? I'd like them to learn that uh, it's possible to change. It's possible to uh, write your own story more than uh, than you think. I mean, a lot of us you know, we come up in a culture where there's a uh, ideas what a man should be, a man, a woman should be. We get it from our parents, our media, the teachers. Uh, but sometimes we lose sight of what, what do we want to be. And uh, I would say it uh, would be advice I'd give people to, to spend a little time. What, what is it that you want? and Why aren't you able to get there? And then uh, recognize that you're part of a lot bigger energy, bigger picture than you think. And you can access some of these energies through some of the things that we're talking about right now, through your dreams, through being in nature. Uh, And if you're in a a place where you can do shamanic work, through shamanic journey. Carl, what about the things we can't control? You know, somebody that you care about uh, dies, and and they're gone. And, you know, or, you know, you've got a job you really do like, and the company goes out of business or something like that. What about things you can't control? I think uh, there it takes a, a certain, uh, again, attitude that the change happens in life. Uh, you do have uh, uh, the ability to then, from the thing that you lost, move on to the next thing and, and realize that uh, uh, that resilience, which I think is in, in, in all of us, can be uh, kindled. I'd say that's what I would 
say to people, the things you can't control, you can't control, and the things you can control, you you do, and it's the serenity prayer, you know, for AA. We're with Carl Greer. His book is called, of course, The Necktie and the Jaguar. Carl, we have a, a guest who comes on the program uh, once in a while who is uh, big into UFOs. His name is Dr. Stephen Greer. Any relation, by any chance? No. Okay. You're not into UFOs, are you? Well, I, I don't disbelieve, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't disbelieve. But Now, what would you recommend? Can you, if, if you're looking at kids, can you see if they're going to grow up to be happy or not just by the way they act? Uh, I, I think having had uh, uh, some kids and lots of grandkids, uh, uh, I, I have a, a little firsthand glimpse at that. Uh, I, I think uh, some kids just seem happier than others, and I think it's always possible to change to become more happy. Uh, and that uh, depends on your parents. It depends on your... How you brought up. The, your nature and nurture, you know, how, how your DNA and, uh, and how you're brought up. Uh, and the environment that you live in, you know, uh, if you're born in a very uh, poor uh, area in Chicago or Detroit uh, uh, with not good schools, a lot of violence in the streets. Uh, it's it's harder than if you're in a wealthy uh, suburb of uh, Detroit or Chicago, for example. Well, I'm convinced, too, that uh, in, a, in your childhood, your developmental stage is is created by your parents on how they treat you. You know, if there's been a parent who, you know, beats their kid when they're little, that kid's going to, he's generally going to turn up to be not very, you know, not very good, maybe very dangerous, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. I I, I believe that. There's always exceptions, but in general, I think what you said is just absolutely true. Yeah, and you're right. There are exceptions. There are some kids that pull themselves past that and, make something out of themselves. But I have heard, you know, every time I hear a story of a serial killer, you look at the life of someone like Ted Bundy or something, something happened to them when they were kids. Something horrible happened, and it had an effect on them as they grew up. Absolutely. And that one of the, one of the charities I'm interested in is uh, Battered Women. Yeah, and, uh, good it, for you. Like one out of three women have been uh, uh, hit by their husbands. Uh, and, uh, or boyfriends or whatever. Yeah, and and and, uh, and 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 that that uh, energy in a family uh, goes to the kids, and, and those kids are likely to, um, you know, be in, in abusive relationships. Uh, so these cycles can be broken, but it's hard. But they need to be broken in and, order for change to happen. And the guy who does the battering probably was in an abusive situation when he was a kid. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what we're saying. Yeah. yeah, and it just it just festers. It just keeps going yeah, on and on and on and on again. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.